All right, let's 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 get this over with. Let's get into it. Hello, welcome to Tuck Rule Takes. As always, Mike Sullivan, that's me here with Liam McDade. Liam's over there. Liam, I'm not going to ask how you're doing because uh, we'll get into that in a second. I know you're not feeling well, but if you are watching on YouTube. Um, there's a, there's an extra little box here. There's an extra little, an, an, an extra little person here. Um, this is our, I think probably what our second or third recurring, reoccurring, recurring guest, um, Al, big Al, um, not to be confused with Al Horford, Al, hello. How is it? How are you? <clears throat> I'm good guys. You know, I, I gotta say, I listened to this a lot. The one suggestion I gave you, you know, to cut out the F-bombs, you guys listen and take instructions well. So I'm happy about that, but you know, Clever it's good face, to be back yeah. on. Yeah, we do. F yeah, we do. See, <laughs> see what I did there? See what I did? I took him out. Smart. Edited. Edited. Um, He's in your brain, Mikey. Love it. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, it doesn't happen Absolutely. that much. Uh, Liam, I do want to ask how you are because before we get into the, the debacle that was the Patriots game, and trust me, we will get into that. Um, this is going to kind of be like a little therapy session for, I know, I know me, I'm sure probably for you guys too. Um, but Liam, I want to ask how... How are you? Because I hear there's rumors that you aren't doing that well right now. Well, I mean, after the game that we watched yesterday, I strongly considered burning all my worldly possessions, rubbing shit in my hair and running naked down Causeway Street. But (laughs) love it. Love it. Love that. Love that. Um, So so you're doing well then. So you're so you're doing well. That's good to to know. So. I kind of want, oh, first, before we go, uh, how was, how was everybody's Christmas? Um, I, for one, uh, not sure if people listening know, I know the two people here probably know, not a big fan of, uh, Christmas. Um, I'm sure it's some sort of subconscious hatred because my birthday is a week before. So I just feel like I've always get passed over for baby Jesus. So I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me. Your dad went out for cigarettes on Christmas and never came. Um, But how, how was, uh, how was, how was your guys' Christmas? You guys get, did Santa bring you guys everything you want? You guys have a good time other than the Patriots game? Al? No, I mean, Santa was good to me. The thing is with me, uh, my anniversary is three days before Christmas. So we Ooh, combine anniversary and Christmas. Yeah, but we combine it and we make it, you know, anniversary Christmas together. So it's good. But no, it was good. I actually have a question for you, Mike. And this is 100% like no BS, you know, whatever. What is it about Christmas you actually don't like? I, is knew, it the I, knew, I knew that was coming. I knew that was but you know, this is coming from a genuine, like, cons- yeah. like what's, what's the deal? Yeah. 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 So honestly, and like, I, I definitely, I, I do play up to it, you know, play into it a little bit when people know that I don't like it and all that, like, Oh, I'm the Grinch. And you know, you literally you know, call yourself the neighborhood friendly Grinch in our group chat. So, but go that's on. me. That's me. I mix my two favorite things, Spider-Man and hating Christmas. I put them together. Um, you know, so, so I, I think, I don't really know. I think what it stems from, and I'm sure like if I ever took, you know, therapy about it, maybe it's some sort of deep thing, but I just always see like, I, you always see the, it's the, it's the fake love, the fake family stuff, the stuff where it's like, Oh, we're going to act like, you know, we're all happy. We're going to get, you know, everybody get together. And it's kind of like a big, it's almost like a big facade a lot of times. And again, I know this isn't it for everybody. That's why many people love Christmas. And I'm not even saying it was necessarily like that for my family. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was, but it, it was just, it, it always just comes across as fake, like the forced giving the forced love and then the presence the presence is what really gets me one because i get stressed out buying people presents so that is kind of a thing for me but just it's almost like 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 the present i know it's a cliche thing to say but like the presence have taken the 
taking taking like the forefront of everything. And it, it, it seems like it brings so much stress to people because, I mean, you have families, you have people that not kind of an exaggeration, but they mortgage their houses to make sure that they have Christmas gifts and they have presents and all that. And you add all this unnecessary stress and, you know, especially, you know, kind of to bring it to bring it to real time. I mean, I had to deal with kind of to peel back the curtain. I would, I had to deal with uh, putting down an animal. So that's a lot of money, which I don't know if you guys do that. It They gouge you for these things, but like, so there's just things that you're spending money on and all this. And it just so happens that we had like just a bunch of other things happen to fall all around Christmas. And I don't know the whole thing to me, the whole thing to me just feels kind of fake. It feels forced. It almost feels like a pseudo Valentine's day where that's always like the forced love type of thing. Valentine's day too. Um, no, I don't I, personally, actually, that's one thing. I don't mind that. I know a lot of people do. And those are normally like the single people that don't like Valentine's day. Um, but no, see, see, it's different. It's different just from my point of view. That's what it is. But, um, but no, I don't know. I think I just, it, I don't like, and it's kind of like more of a cynical thing. Um, I genuinely hate going places when they're crowded, hate it. Yeah. Like I'm talking I'm like with you there. my, my skin gets hot. It, my, my skin boils, everything gets warm. I start, I, I sweat. I say bad things. Uh, sorry, Al, I say the F word sometimes. Oh, I don't uh, care. Not, not, on, on, the <laughs> not on the podcast. Say whatever you no, want but, in public. But I don't it was care. just, it, it was, you know, Case case in point, I saw uh, I saw a Spider-Man No Way Home uh, on the premiere day Thursday when it came out. Right. So I saw it in a plaza. No, normally, you know, the theater was going to be busy anyways. I get that. It was very Avengers Endgame like it was crazy. But you had all these Christmas folk, these Christmas people, these Santa lovers who were out buying things, not knowing how to drive. I don't know if that's because I'm in Florida or not, but people not knowing how to drive, not knowing how to park, all this stuff. It's just that stressful. It's, I don't like, I don't like being around a ton of people. So it just, it, I don't know it all. It's like the perfect storm of badness, which is weird because I love the cold. That's the one good thing about the holiday season. I love the cold. I have a follow-up question. Proceed. So this is about Spider-Man. How is it? Aunt May no spoilers right now. No, no. spoilers right now. Okay. I was on May looking though. Oh, she's oh, oh, oh Marissa Tomei. Always looking good. I, I think she's like the youngest uh, Aunt May or Aunt May, whatever. But it makes sense because because Spider Man's younger in that, so it makes sense. Ha, have you two seen it? Have you two seen no, Spider Man? I, I haven't. No. You know, legally stream it tonight. Okay. Yeah. Um, see it. Uh, like I said, it is. It's a. Uh, I, I think I told you it was like a top. I think it's a top five. Marvel movie for me, maybe even I think you put that on Twitter too. I think you said that on Twitter. It is, it is amazing. Just so if you're, if, if you like Spider-Man or anything, yeah, I know you heard it's bad. Who the hell told you it was bad? Two two separate people told me it was bad. Did they have their eyes closed the whole movie? One of them's blind. Cause that's the only, well, see, there it is. I mean, you can't (laughs) see. He didn't get to see redacted, 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 and redacted show up. So come on. Um, no, no, no. It is uh it's really good movie. Uh I loved Spider-Man No Way Home for the with the same passion that I hate Christmas. So that should tell you how great it was. Okay. So no, listen, that's fair. The one thing I'll say about Christmas is this. I'm the type that I would rather give someone a present and see them actually happy mm. than receive something. I, I just I felt so I feel so weird when I get something. It's like, what did I really do to deserve this? Sometimes okay. I don't know yep. if you guys have felt that way, but it's just yeah, I love all the gifts. I don't like getting shit for people. I just like getting stuff. Yeah, I feel like I deserve all the gifts. So I think we're opposites there. Yeah, we might be. <laughs> we might be. That opposites yeah. attract. I mean, what's up? Uh, 
What do you guys think of Christmas movies and Christmas music? Because I'll give you my opinion afterwards. And don't worry, we are going to talk to the Patriots. I'm just putting it up. I'm putting it off for as long as I can because it's just going to be <laughs> not much bad. But yeah, really but yeah, what do you what do you guys think of movies in in the music? I mean, the, the music, the only song I really like, there are two songs I really like at Christmas. Mariah Carey's okay. All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, of course. That, that's I mean, that's that's a banger. I mean, that's 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 a good song, in my opinion. And then last Christmas is a is a pretty good song too. I, I those are the only two I really like. The other ones I can I can listen to them if they come on. And then for <clears throat> then for movies, my family and I watch uh, the Christmas Carol every year, but the Muppet version we watch it every year together. Oh, it's, I've never seen that. You should see it. It's very good. Michael Caine very very good in that movie. Has a masterful performance as Ebenezer Scrooge. So if you like the Muppets, you'll like that movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've seen the screen like caps from that. I didn't know that was yeah. what the movie was from. I just saw it when I was looking up like gifts of Scrooge. I was like, Oh shit. Look, it's Michael Caine. I didn't know he was, <laughs> yeah. he was Scrooge. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Liam, Liam, what about you? Do you like the, the music, the movies? Uh, unless it's being performed by Elvis Presley or Taylor Swift. I do not like the music. Taylor Swift is 50 different flavors of sexy and Elvis is my favorite artist. So there's my bias there. For movies, though, I dig it. I think they're awesome. A Christmas Story, when it's the marathon all day long, I will watch that over and over and over and over and over until I can recite it line by line, and then I'll watch it one more time. I like Elf, too. Fire me up if Elf's on TV. Growing up, I like the little stop motion, uh, like like Rudolph. I don't even know what those movies are called anymore, but I see him on TV where he You're goes without a Santa Claus, all yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. All that stuff. It just, that touches the nostalgic heart right there. So I love all those. The music I could take or leave for the most part, but the movies usually I'm pretty sucked in and I like to break up my sports with some movies, you know, the so, heart. So you like, so you like Taylor Swift's last Christmas then? I'd like Taylor Swift's anything. If she's saying okay. the German Pledge of Allegiance, fire me up. I'll listen to it. <laughs> Elvis, by the way, don't get me started on Elvis. Oh, I love the king. (laughs) I can sing like Elvis. Let's just get that over. What Elvis did, by the way, no, actually, let me, let me, what Elvis did, by the way, he, he, he mesmerized everybody with his hips. He came up there with his humming and his humba, humba, humba. And then all of a sudden he did the, uh, 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 with the hips and all the ladies, all the guy, everybody, oh my God, we've never seen this. And now all of a sudden he's some sort of classic man. Don't get me wrong fine singer but i'm just saying he's not this once in a lifetime thing i don't know i don't know Maybe what every just... woman wants what every man we are wants. throwing hot takes out there today elvis not good you're a hater wow. you i'm wow. not a hater of what wow. of what i can't move my hips like that elvis and culture that's what you're a hater of you hate elvis and... shut up hey, um, listen so... i just love the peanut butter and banana sandwiches so that's the only thing i really like i mean those i had good. one yeah. literally for yeah, dinner no, it was delicious peanut butter and banana sandwich not those one, are good so. those are good just peanut butter sandwiches are the way to go you put a shit ton on each side and oh your mouth is like oh my god gotta have a glass of milk though you need a glass of milk with it have a glass of milk but that sounds like a serial killer sandwich no it's delicious well you know what liam guess what friend it very well may be so (laughs) ponder that for a second um oh yeah and uh, to no surprise to anybody i like like a handful of christmas uh of christmas songs elf is really one of the only good good ones you got elf um what's the other (laughs) one um the grinch obviously a very good one Wait, but, the Jim um, Carrey Grinch or the animated Grinch? Yeah, I like I like the Jim Carrey Grinch. It's kind of freaky, freaks me out a little bit. But like, yeah, I like it. A lot of in people like a get weird scared way. by that Grinch. I got scared by it when he goes the 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 Grinch. The Grinch. Scared, scared the shit out of me. Um, okay, so we've we have um, postponed it long enough. So 
another thing that scared the shit out of me was this game this weekend. Yeah. 33 to um, 21. And let me tell you, it, it didn't even feel that close. Um, Patriots pretty much lost handle on the AFC East. Um, they are essentially fighting for a playoff spot now, even though their chances of having a playoff spot are very, very high. So I don't think we should necessarily be scared of that. But yeah, 33-21, um, nothing was good, guys. Nothing was good. Uh, um, we, th- th- there was one thing that was good. One. Yeah, okay, you know what? Let, how, we, should, we should get that out of the way now. What was the one thing that was good? Liam, Damian I know ha- you're one thing. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Um, 18 for 103, three tutties. Damian, he... I think Damian Harris might've been the only player that came ready to play that came ready in wanting to play. It seemed like Damian Harris. um, Yeah. 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 I have, I have nothing bad to say about Damian Harris, his blitz pickup, by the way, so much better. And just everything about Damian Harris is good. Liam, what what was your good thing? I think I have a, I have a uh, inkling of what it is. You guys are so quick to praise Damian Harris. Oh, the running back. He did so good. Three touchdowns. Is that not good, Liam? No, because he was wide open. He was trotting in open field, frolicking through wide open land because he had Jakob Johnson, the Panzer Shrek fullback, paving the way, wide open running lanes, going in there and leveling linebackers, turning them to dust. Damian Harris barely even had to break tackles. All he has to do is follow this big bodied man up the middle. Teams don't use fullbacks anymore. Make fullbacks great again. Jakob Johnson, a small bright spot in a dark, dark day. So wait, so you're 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 saying Damian Harris did what every other running back in the NFL does and follow their linemen? No, because there's only three teams that use a fullback right now. Okay, who are the other two besides the Patriots? The 49ers, and they have that. Yep, yeah, you check or whatever is it? Yep. Okay, and then whoever has Andy Janovich. Oh my God, I forget what team it is now. Not the Packers. No. It's um, ah, Christ, I'd have to look it up. Whoever, whatever team Andy Janovich is on, it's them. He's a stud too. Well, either way, fullbacks though. Yeah, I I get it. I'm trying to Andy, stick up for little man, even though they're the big men. Andy Janovich. We'll see. No, now I need to know. And he is with the Browns right now. Oh God, uh, okay. that makes sense. See, I knew. Oh, I knew. poor guy. Um, it was another yeah. running team. Chubb, by the way, amazing. Um, so yes. yeah, you know, so, so those are really the only oh, two bright spots. Goes, we're yeah. gonna say, we're gonna say. Actually, you know what? Jacoby Myers kind of a bright spot as well. Um, yeah. Kendrick Bourne had a little bit, but I mean, we have to kind of start where we always start. And Al, I know you said that you have listened before, so we always start with Mac Jones. Mac Jones, fourteen to thirty-two, a buck forty-five, um, zero touchdowns, and two picks. Um, gentlemen, I need to gather my thoughts. So uh, discuss what, how you feel about that. <laughs> I mean, God, this is bad. go Liam, go really brutal to watch. I we're shorthanded. I get it. A lot of dudes got run like it swept through and took out a couple people. I was psyched to see that Bourne was playing. Cause I thought that would give Mac confidence. And one of those picks wasn't even his fault. It was tipped up. And we're going to talk about this. Nikhil Harry. 
that was all Nikhil Harry's fault. I don't want to throw whole blame on somebody, but that was entirely Nikhil Harry's fault. So while we're still on the topic of Mac, he just looked flustered, like big game, high Mm -hmm. stakes, and he was supposed to, you know, this is one of those games, you're at home, you're supposed to be composed. It looked like the early Mac Jones in the first couple games in Foxborough as opposed mm-hmm. to the late Foxborough games where Mac was, you know, against the Browns when he's just crushing it. Every the field's wide open to him, every throws on the money. He's just has the ultimate confidence. This wasn't that Mac Jones. We got early season Mac Jones here. He looked flustered, didn't set his feet on many of the throws that he could have taken his time on. When he didn't have time, obviously he, he made some bad decisions as well, which is common with any quarterback. But just it's one of those games when you got a rookie quarterback, you kind of got to toss it up and go, well, I get it. It's a learning process. You can't expect him to be perfect every day. And this day, it just wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't have anything. Well, I, I got some things. But Al, what do you, uh, did you did you love Max performance? Al, let me let me ask you, <laughs> Mike, here, I'll, I'll retort your question with a question. What do you think the answer to that question is? Is there any reason no. to love? Uh, of course there, not. There was, there was very little to no reason. Of course not. And, and and here's the reason why. One thing that I noticed in that game, and I don't know if you guys really picked up on it, didn't it seem like the connection with Hunter Henry was a little bit off with some of his throws? And, and I know it was the whole thing. But I got it in my notes. There you go. There you go. My- poured it over his head in the uh, left side. And it was, <sighs> you know what? And here's the thing, too. I understand that yep. the first time yep. the Patriots played the what? Okay, no, no, never mind, never mind. Keep going. Sorry, okay. guys. Had a little, had a little technical difficulty. Keep going. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh, we're back to those days. But anyways, moving forward. Um, you know that first Bills game. I mean, I know they ran the ball forty six times. We weren't expecting the Patriots to come out and throw the ball only like three, four times. But did it really feel necessary for Mac to throw thirty plus passes in a game where you know that you can get the running game going against the Bills defense? Like, here's the thing. You know, it's it's a situation where the Patriots running game, that's their bread and butter. It's yeah. Damian Harris, it's Ramondre Stevenson, who couldn't, and Brandon Bolden, and sometimes J.J. Taylor and whoever else. Then you work off play action. I think if Mac was right around that 20 range, maybe even 25, I think it would have been better. Because think about it. Why are you going away from the thing that helped you win the first time you played the Bills? Yeah, That's the thing I don't understand. So for me, I mean, if this was Mac's worst game, then that's fine because I think he did better when he played the Saints a little bit. He was okay in the Colts game in the second half. This is going to be his worst game, then fine. Rebuild against the Jaguars this upcoming week, and then you set yourself up for a pivotal game Miami Week 18. But Yeah, definitely two big games coming up. I don't know. I think it's a double-edged sword here because 32 times is a lot against a team that everyone's been running the ball down their throat. Like we saw the box do it. Everyone. Leonard Fournette. Kind of crushed them when they played like a week or two ago. And mm-hmm. obviously we destroyed them, embarrassed them when we played. So, and the results show Damian Harris, 100 yards, plenty of tubs. So I think that you got to pass with Mac to keep the defense honest. Like you said, 25 sounds like the sweet spot. That sounds like the good number. It's hard for me to like, unless he actually threw it 25 times and we saw the result. Maybe we win that game. Maybe it's a closer game. We'll never really know. But I, I like that they put the ball in Mac's hands. It just wasn't his night. And like I said, with a rookie, like we'll take it. I like that they did that because hell, it was one of those things where 
me and Mike talked about it last week. The Bills are expecting us to run. What if we run it again 40-something times? What if Mac only yep. throws <laughs> And, like, I'm sure the Bills coaches all week, they're like, what if they just do that again? That was the most embarrassing thing we've ever seen. And what if they just do it again? So now, you know, the Patriots kind of have to outdo themselves a little bit. They're like, all right, we're going to have Mac throw. We're going to try and trick them. We're going to run a lot of play action and stuff like that. And I just think it didn't work out. You talked about the Hunter Henry connection. It just wasn't there. If he connected with Hunter Henry a few more times, I think it could be a different game. And those were just like the key plays that Mac didn't hit, which swayed this ball game in a very bad direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I pretty much agree with both of you guys. Al, I only heard like a little half of what you said, because for some reason, my headphones I got for Christmas decided to shit the bed for a second. So nah, it's OK. People don't like listening to me either. It's all good. I get it. Pardon me. Yeah. 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 That's really all it was. I was just like, God, Al's talking again. I, I um, so pardon me if I happen to repeat something you said about the Hunter Henry connection. It, it brings it back to kind of a, a kind of a more of a macro view on this whole team. I think the Patriots are kind of the Patriots offense. And again, this isn't to, to diminish any criticism they should get, they deserve or anything. Patriots offense right now is a year ahead of schedule because I think you have, you have so many new, new options or new, new pieces in there. you got Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, and Johnu Smith to name a few. Ramondre Stevenson as well, if you want to throw him in there too, even though he didn't play. Um, it's just one of those things where the, the, the growing pains are going to happen, not just with Mac Jones, but with his, with his connection to the receivers. And I was watching that wide open Hunter Henry play and in the, the person that was dissecting it, um, was kind of just like, it, it's the same thing. Just Mac thought Hunter was going to kind of, you know, break his route out a little bit more of a post. He didn't, he kind of, he kind of cor- cornered it off and it just, it like the connection, they, it just wasn't there. And it just so happens this is happening in a game where you needed that connection to, you know, come back and everything. So it just seems like the perfect storm of Mac Jones kind of going through, going through the rookie struggles and it just so happens that's when the Patriots needed to win these two games and they didn't, um, you know, it, it's, it's definitely not anything that, that I'm worried about Mac Jones moving forward with. I think this happens, you know, again, the cold weather does seem to, I don't know if it bothers him, but he, he needs to learn to play in the cold weather he needs to learn to play in these high leverage, high pressure situations. And it's like, you know, we have to still remember, even though we treat him like he's not a rookie because he's, he's played that way. He is still a rookie and there's only, there's, there's still the growing, like just your growing pains, especially on the Patriots. When people say that, you know, Randy Moss was there, you know, you had people there who say that this is one of the most, the most intricate offenses to learn. And you don't think it's like that for a quarterback who coming in doesn't matter that he's coming out of Alabama and he's kind of used to that pro style system. It's, it's just a huge learning curve. And, you know, to be nine and six right now, I am trying to polish a turd because I have a lot of negative things to say, but to be nine and six, like let's kind of call it what it is. You're in the playoffs. You're probably, or you're in a playoff spot. You're probably going to make the playoffs. You have the same record as the bills. You know, everyone who said they were going to run away with the East, like at the end of the the day what's the cliche you are what your record says you are patriots are a nine and 16 right now with two games to play with a rookie quarterback i mean you know that's i don't know why patriots fans are all of a sudden crying poverty and acting like the sky is falling and stuff it's like going into this year if you took your patriot sunglasses off which i didn't when i made my prediction of 12 and 5 but if you took those off you know you kind of like you know if we ride with Mac, it's going to be kind of a bumpy year. You know, I think there were people saying we don't even know if we're going to make the playoffs or anything. 
the Patriots started to rattle off wins. And I know with Liam and I, it was easy to, we fell right back into the, into the Patriots. We run the world type of a type of a mentality. Right. So, so you think it's something like Mac just still doesn't have a firm grasp with a playbook. Cause I didn't hear any of that when we went on that winning streak, it looked like he kind of had a whole handle on the thing. No, 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 not even that. Not even that. What I kind of think, I think he has the grasp on the playbook. I think it's just, the fact that, you know, when he plays these these really good teams in weather that he's not used to, he has to speed up his thought process with that playbook. So I think he has a good grasp of it. Bama weather, that's for sure. I think he's a, what'd you say? It wasn't Bama weather, that's for sure. No, no, no. And again, that's something he's going to have to learn to play in. So, no, I think that he definitely, he has a grasp on the playbook. Like, let's not, you know, I see people freaking out like, oh God, should not. I saw someone put a poll on Twitter, should Max sit a couple years like Aaron Rodgers? And I'm like, oh, get out. Shut up. But like, but yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where I think he's just kind of going through it. He's seeing that when you play the top, the top teams, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. So he has to, he has to just, you know, go through his pre, he just has to be better. And I think that will come with time. I'm not worried long-term. You know, if he was like this the whole year, maybe, but you know, we saw him make good decisions. We saw him make good reads, go through his progressions against good teams too, even though maybe they lost one, whatever happened. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried about Mac long-term, but um, he sucked yesterday. Like, and, and not great. And, and just a few things to go off of what you said, Mike. First of all, your 12 and 5 prediction, I mean, it went away in week 16. So you were you were right That's there. Close. You know, it's pretty kind close. Of, yeah. Like, like even I said at the beginning of the season on my podcast, Legends Lingo, like 10 and 7, 11 and 6. That's fine. And 12 and 5 mm-hmm. is is a is gravy. Like everything else, it's icing on top of the cake. But you think about it too. I think a lot of Patriots fans were so blinded by this because let's look at the winning streak for a second. You beat the Jets, you go to three and four. You beat a Chargers team that at that time, people were saying, we're going to take a jump. You win on the road. Now you're four and four. Now you go to Carolina and you're playing a Carolina team that at the time was looking pretty good. Okay, you win that game. They were undefeated at the time. They, they were not undefeated. They were they were not undefeated. They started out four, five, and oh, anyway. They started out like three and oh, and then they were. Yeah, I think it's it, definitely at least four and oh. I think it went five and oh. They, well, they played them in like week eight, bud. Okay. Well, they they were damn good anyway. They were no, they were good. That's the whole point. So they were good. So then you're four and four. Then you get Cleveland coming in. Cleveland, you know, they're expected to be. They they were neck and neck at the time for a playoff spot. You beat them convincingly. Yeah. Then you have, let's see, who was after the Cleveland game? Then you have Tennessee. You know, you beat Tennessee without Derrick Henry, without Julio Jones, without uh, AJ Brown, and they're the number two seed in the AFC right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then you beat the Falcons, and then you beat the Bills on the road. You know, another team that's in your own division. So mm-hmm. I can see why, and I'll wrap this up. I know I'm ranting, but Ooh, a, oh, a dude, lot that's, of, that's what we do. Honestly, Marvel, how good <laughs> you were with that schedule. I always mix up the games with the network too. Come on. I, I got a pretty I got a pretty good math brain, I will say that. But else, anyway, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it, you're nine and four, you're on top of the AFC. And this is coming from one of the most realistic Patriots fans and realistic sports fans you'll ever meet in your life. Like mm-hmm. Even I was like, wow, this team's really showing me something. And if they could somehow beat Indy and win eight straight, and then you're 10 and four going into your last three games. Huge. That's what we were saying. It would have been huge. But here's the thing. Like you guys have said, and Mike, I'm so glad you said it because a lot of Patriots fans should be saying the same thing. Mac Jones is a rookie. They're a year ahead of schedule. They're going to be fine. They're probably going to go through the Jaguars because they have 11 guys on the COVID list right now. And James Robinson's out for the year. And Achilles injury. Yep. yep, I saw that. 
And even so, right, then you're 10 and six. And if you get some help, like you won't even have to worry about really that week 18 game Miami because then you'll be 10 and six. And then these other teams like the Chargers, like the Colts and everything else, you just need them to either lose a game or whatever. But the point is beat the Jaguars. Then you set yourself up really, really well for weeks Mm -hmm. uh, 18. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Rant, and I mean, that's, up. that's the thing. That's the thing. If, if Miami loses tonight, by the way, as we're talking, they haven't kicked off yet, but if they lose tonight, Patriots win next week, clinch the playoff spot. Yep. It's that easy. So, I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want this to be like, not everything was bad. Like, obviously I come in where my one bright spots, the fullback. Okay. There was more than one bright spot at an almost dying position. Now I think, <laughs> yeah. shut up. I think the defense was stellar, like truly like, yes, they did the best they could and fell apart toward the end. Like as much as you can do for a defense being out on the field, as much as they had to do our offense, three and out two picks, multiple, you know, just drives that didn't work. At some point, the defense is going to get tired. We stopped them in the red zone. What was it? They went for it uh, fourth down twice. What? What do you mm-hmm. have? T- time out. Time out a second. Time out. Yeah. D- did all three of us watch the same football game? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did all three of us watch the same game? Because the same football game you're talking about, Liam, I watched Josh Allen go out there and throw 30 for 47 for 314 yards and three touchdowns. Yes. And I also saw a team that couldn't get off the field on third and fourth downs. So what what are you talking about that this defense was good? The defense has given up 60 points in the last two games. Yes, but I'm talking about the two in the red zone. It's that classic bend but don't break. They went for it twice. Yeah, and you know why they stopped him in the red zone, Liam? Because Emmanuel Sanders couldn't catch a football on fourth down. On one of them. The other one, they held him fine. I don't know okay. what. So I, Mike, uh, Liam, Mike, break Liam, the time. Let me, break the time. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to side with Liam to an extent. To Go an ahead. extent. That's um, so I've been hearing. Josh Allen made enough plays to win. Like we almost had him at the end. If we could have just got that last stop, then there's hope. And we didn't. He had that swim move and he got the first down. And we're yeah. Off. Yeah. Again. You know, if the game, if the game, if the game gets officiated the right way at the end, maybe things end up differently. Oh, we're going to talk about that next. Cause I, I'm on, I want to go off on that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's what we do. Liam, sorry. Talk my friend. No, you're good. They just didn't make enough plays. And I think a part of it is the defense was out there so much. They're probably gas. But that's still no excuse either. They didn't make enough plays, but they made a lot of plays for me to be optimistic. This is still that mean Patriots defense that we saw on that win streak. Yes, we got pumped by the Colts. Yes, we got pumped this week. But it's just two blips. This is an exception. This isn't the rule. Okay, so I so I kind of to to kind kind of has to do with that, and then I have a couple things on the defense uh, because it was a very up and down game for for them in my eyes. I don't feel in, you know, just if I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I feel better after this loss than I do after the Colts loss, the Colts loss to me, there was very little to really take from it. This loss, at least there was some good things. One of the good things people, and again, not, not, I don't feel great after this loss. I don't feel as bad after this loss. I should have put it that way. The, the one thing about, about this game that I see that it's, it's a narrative that's coming out that is very wrong is that the Patriots didn't get pressure on Josh Allen. I see people, oh, if the Pats got you know pressure on Josh Allen, the game would be different. They pressured Allen on 40.8%, almost 41% of his dropbacks. The issue was not pressure. The issue was tackling him when you get there because getting pressure means nothing if you don't tackle him. And the, the coverage did not hold up at all. What that brings me to, Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant. Uh, Al, I don't know if you know, you will not find a bigger Miles Bryant podcast than this one. 
Right around. Oh boy, then you guys aren't gonna like what I have to say about. No, him. no, no. That's that's fine. Let me. Okay, then <laughs> then let me get out in front of it. Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant. Um, up until this game, been playing really well. You know, again, he's an undrafted dude coming in, all this stuff. Like, you know, he's playing playing pretty well for what he's doing, hitting people, tackling people, all great. Um, with Miles Bryant, yes, Isaiah McKenzie technically burned him, but. He kind of didn't, because if you look at all the plays and this kind of leads into my bigger point, why, if there's any reason that Patriots fans should be worried, it should be this, but the all McKenzie's routes were more of your just slants running across the field routes. If you have inside leverage, you run, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter what corner you have. Nobody is catching a kick returner running full speed across the field, especially when you have linebackers who were in the middle of the field who weren't picking him up and running with them. At that point, it's a sprint and miles. Bryant isn't the fastest guy. He's quick, but Isaiah McKenzie is very quick. He's not Tyree kill or anything. And I'm not trying to say miles. Bryant doesn't deserve criticism because he does, but a lot of Isaiah McKenzie's plays were just streaking down the field or streaking to the side and things like that. And, or, or, you know, coming out of, you know, bunch formations, you know, miles Bryant is on one side, he has McKenzie and then McKenzie just immediately runs into the flat. Bryant has to try to catch up to him. There is not a safety corner, anybody in the world that can catch up to him. But again, hands on him though. I want line of scrimmage. I want hands on him. No, they you could with they, him. Yeah. Through. But, but the thing is, he he was trying to do that. If you watch a lot of the plays, he was getting his hands on him. And then Bryant would, or no, not Bryant. Then McKenzie would break inside and just streak across the field. So that's one of those things where then you start to play off. He wasn't be drafted. so. And then he starts to do that. I don't know. So it's one of those things. What, what that comes to, and I, I want to hear what you say about Bryant. What that comes to, and I want to touch on this a little later. The thing that worried me about this game, there were no adjustments made. This game and in the Colts game. The Patriots used to be the best in-game adjustment team in the league. They have not made any adjustments at all. I mean, you have, I mean, you have McKenzie torching Bryant running across the field. You know, there's only so much he can do. Why not change the coverage a little bit? You know, why not do this last game? You have Jonathan Taylor eating you up. There's nothing you really do. It just, the offense looked stagnant to, uh, yesterday. You don't do anything to like, you know, where were, where were the jet sweeps? Where were the, you know, the play action? Where were you creating plays? The only play you created was another flea flicker that took freaking forever to develop, which I don't know what the hell is going on. Flea flicker was my favorite play. Now it's just not working. Um, but but Miles Bryant, though, I think he definitely deserves criticism. I don't think he deserves to be torched. Um, I think he should. He he has played very well this year, especially for what he is. But, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, just the matchup, the Bills had the, the plays they were calling were coverage beaters. And again, the Patriots did nothing to adjust. Nothing. Al, get me upset about your take about Miles Bryant. Well, damn, I, I don't think I can because you just took all the fun out of it for me. But anyways, boom. So no, let me let me ask you guys a question, because I will say you guys know more about formations and packages and stuff more than I do. So so let me ask you this. With Miles Bryant getting beat by Isaiah McKenzie on those slants toward the middle, was there someone else that could have covered it? So that's, what, so that's what I'm wondering. OK, so that's actually something because I know, uh, Liam, you're not on Twitter as much as I am. 
Um, and I know that's kind of a bad thing to say as a 30 year old, I'm on Twitter so much, but there's a reason it's because of sports. Um, so there, so I watch, uh, Matt Chatham, I bring him up almost every other week. Matt Chatham breaks down a bunch of plays, a bunch of plays Cause he has a very level-headed take it like in everything. And kind of a lot of my takes are extensions of his, because what he says makes sense because it is a very, you know, kind of common sense way of looking at it or not overreactionary. There were so many plays where McKenzie would streak across the field and he's right on that line of where the linebacker could kind of hip check him a little bit and it wouldn't be a flag, but with how the flags are being called nowadays and everything, the linebackers don't do that anymore. So now the linebacker has to choose to either run with the guy or try to take the back coming out of the backfield or spy Josh Allen or something like that. So it, it looked like every play that, that he was breaking down, that other people were, were breaking down the linebacker did none of that. So it was literally just McKenzie full sprint running across the field, running away from someone. That's kind of, that's, that's what a lot of it looked like now, again, but it, it doesn't mean, you know, Bryant could have kind of lined up a little bit more inside. And, and that kind of goes to a larger thing that there were no adjustments. Like no one told him to do that if he couldn't think of it himself, but the linebacker in a lot of these cases should have been the one to kind of do something in the middle, because I guess the Patriots were playing a lot of single high safety. And when you play that, there's nobody over there to help you unless it just so happens that McCordy is on him too. But that's, okay. that's kind of, again, not taking blame away from him necessarily, but just it's not as bad as it looked, you know? Okay. Well, it was kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't too, because yeah. I, I, I don't watch Matt Chatham. Like I, you said, I'm not on Twitter. Like, I don't even know who that is. I just kind of like watch the game and I have like the all 22 package. So like I'll watch from like the wide angle. But on occasion, when the linebackers were dropping to take crossers over the middle, mm -hmm. then like you said, they leave the running back open for the checkdowns. Devin Singletary, five, I bet on him to get three. He had five catches wide open underneath constantly because just at the right time, Josh Allen knew if those linebackers are dropping and following McKenzie and Diggs and whoever else we got going across the middle, that I'm going to have Singletary wide open in either one of the flats or dead middle of the field. And that led to Singletary got two or three very big first downs, basically the whole first drive. He got two or three first downs on that. And then late in the game, he had two more catches for big first downs there. And it was just gouging us when we really needed, you know, big plays. It's like very demoralizing for them to drop it off to the running back like that. It's easy points. And that's how they were able to beat us. We just couldn't, no matter what we were doing, they kind of had us beat coverage wise. Mm -hmm. So, so I'll go back to it. And, and this is kind of where I got upset. And this is what I said on Zach Jaziero's podcast, the BFLO podcast. Go check that out, rate and subscribe, just like you should to this podcast too. Was he hyped? Honestly, Zach is pretty level-headed about it. Really? Yeah, he's 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 a very level-headed sports fan. I, I give him credit. talking shit because after the Patriots uh -huh. won, I felt so unbecoming in the group chat. I was like, yo. Yeah, you should. Oh, my God. Yeah, you you were a jerk. F your team, F everybody. Yeah, you guys, I had to I had to basically be peacemaker for you two knuckleheads with him because he was just like, what try. is going on here? <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. I know that he does not like some of the way that I root for fans because I've noticed sometimes, like, oh, I am one follower short, and I and I know I know where it came from, and I get it. I understand. I, I am insufferable. Mike, I love you, but there are some times where I'm just like, I see your Patriots yes, takes and I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike, shut yes, up. Sir. But, but I do love you. Just know. Yes, I do sir. 
If I don't know. I hey, listen, I was gonna say I hope the feelings reciprocated. That's all I care about. Of course, I don't take any of this seriously. I well, <laughs> no, no, I take it very seriously. I, I know what you mean. I do not you, take you, the criticism seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So here's the thing, and Mike, you seriously hit the nail on the head with this. It's the fact that for two weeks in a row there was no in-game adjustments. And Isaiah McKenzie, good for him. You know, if you get the chance. You think about it too. Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley were out because of COVID protocols. So those are two red zone receivers that Josh Allen loves to throw to. Isaiah McKenzie went for 11 for 125 with a tutty. So it's like he took advantage of his opportunity. My whole thing was, I said the same exact thing on Zach Jezero's podcast. It's the fact that there was just no adjustments. It makes me think back to the 2018 AFC title game when the Patriots played the Chiefs. What did they do with Tyree Kill? They had Gilmore on, I think it was Gilmore on Hill, and they had Devin McCourty trail him. They have two guys on him at once. Why isn't it that we can't do something like that where you could have, and this maybe, this doesn't relate directly to Isaiah McKenzie, but Stefan Diggs, a Pro Bowl receiver, right, has torched J.C. Jackson the past two years. I don't care what anybody says. He's pretty much torched oh, he him. Has. Yeah, he has. Yep. Why don't you have a guy like Adrian Phillips or Kyle Duggar or Devin McCourty literally just trail him so that way you have two guys on him and take him out of the game? Make Isaiah McKenzie the one that gets all of Diggs's touches as well. That's my whole thing. A lot of attention on Diggs, and I know he had like he should have had two touchdowns. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw in the end zone. Yeah. Oh yeah, but like they no, were, no, I missed it. I missed it. Shithead. No, I saw it. They were they were like hammering Diggs, and I was like, they're gonna make somebody else beat us. They're gonna make somebody else beat us, and that's when McKenzie scored. And I was like, all right, like if this Joker scores three touchdowns, then we'll take it. But of course, a great wide receiver like Stefan Diggs eventually, you know, I think I don't know if they went back to single coverage or what. I wasn't watching that hard, but eventually, like a wide receiver like that's gonna break out. And then, of course, he was big ball in late in game too. He really showed up when it mattered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, he showed up and yeah. And it was kind of out, like you said, no adjustments they were playing. And again, I don't know. I'm not knowledgeable enough to where I can see a real time. I know like the intricacies, like zone man and man crosser, all that stuff. No, no, no. I just kind of know what I see from what I know. And then I kind of look afterwards, but it just seemed like they were playing zone for so long. And then once they went to like, like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times I saw Singletary come out of the backfield, catch the ball for eight or nine yards. Yeah. What are we doing? How do you not make, I don't know. Again, it's not my job to know the adjustment. I don't know what you could do. Maybe you put a spy back there. I don't know. I mean, maybe you put the spy that is doing nothing to McKenzie as he crosses the field to watch him, but like you, you got to do something, but like you can't have the, the bills beat you the way the Patriots have beaten teams for 20 years with the little like quick jabs, quick cuts, paper cuts down the field. And, you know, they just kind of break your will, break your will, break your will. The Bills were six of 12 on third down. I think they were like five of something on fourth down or, or, or maybe a little worse. But either way, like it just it wasn't it, it, it was it wasn't great. And, and, you know, we always talk about third downs. I don't know if you guys saw this. This kind of this this upset me, this stat. So many third downs the Patriots gave up on one drive. They gave up a third and seven. That drive led to a touchdown on another drive. They gave up a third and 11. That drive led to a touchdown on another drive. They gave up a third and 10 that drive. Don't worry, guys, just led to a field goal. No big deal. The next drive, which was, by the way, the final drive of the game, the Bills converted two third and tens. And, and do you know how that drive ended, friends? Oh, with, a touchdown. with a touchdown. That, by the way, should have been called back because of the illegal man downfield because the lineman was very much so in the end zone. That's why Judon was so upset at the end of that play. Um, but, you know, just another officiating thing. 24 points that were possibly taken off the board if we could have just stopped. Yep. Yep. And, so and it's you know, those things. And you know what, Mike? 
there are three moments for me when I knew that this was not going to be the Patriots day. There are three specific moments I remember from the game. The first one involves Devin Singletary. It was early in the first quarter, second and 10. Allen throws just a little, I would say like a check down pretty much to Singletary. Kyle Duggar has him for a tackle, which would have been third and six. Instead, Singletary breaks that tackle and gets a first down. Yeah. Well, that's the purpose of that coverage I was telling you earlier when you mm-hmm. drop to stop the crossers. You can give up the stuff low, like the check downs, because your guys are supposed to come up and make a tackle long. And he before. didn't. Right. And he didn't make the tackle. And hey, I have got personally, I have shared a drink with Devin Singletary. He's a stud, absolute big baller. I get it. He's out there breaking tackles. He's a tough guy to tackle. But God damn it. I want Dante Hightower ripping his head off. He I want Juan Brown. It was Duggar. It was Duggar that didn't make yeah, the tackle. That, that was actually you. funny you bring that up, Al. That's when I knew too. Because when it was the first drive, it was when Singletary caught that, caught it at the 43-yard line. He took Duggar and Hightower for seven yep. yards to the 50-yard yep. line. Yep. What are you doing? Kyle Duggar, who Liam, how many times do we say Kyle Duggar, Kyle Duggar just lays people out? Not then. He wanted he ran up, he ran up to Singletary like this. Uh, and he tackled and like, high. Hugged him. I'm sure he made some stupid uh noise when he tried to <laughs> hug him too, because that's what it looked like. I have like play tackled my wife harder than he ta- tried to tackle Singletary there. Wow. It's, I'm it's fired getting, up. You're getting me all pissed off about this game again. It's getting uh, intimate. I like that. It's funny. God, I'm uh, sorry, but Liam, keep, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, yes, well, that, was that was right. That was basically my whole point. It's like, you just fail to make like the easy plays. That's how the Raven or the Dolphins beat the Ravens a couple weeks back. Play blitz. Play deep coverage. Don't let everything over the top. Make them throw short and make the tackle and let your corners make plays on the ball. We couldn't do any of that. Well, by the way, speaking of corners making plays on the ball, the number two moment when I knew it wasn't going to happen, J.C. Jackson. We were waiting all day, all day long for Josh Allen to make a mistake. He finally makes a mistake, and J.C. Jackson makes that mistake. And it wasn't even a mistake because – I mean, he's a Pro Bowl corner for a reason, but you got to make that play. Then he, he gets the ball to Bills. Mr. Int. I know, and yeah, JC yeah, Jackson yeah. Island. All he's thinking he's Terrell Revis, but anyways, he if he makes that interception, you get the ball in Bills territory. And the third one, and people are forgetting about this. It was fourth and seven. I think it was like the third quarter, and Christian Barmore jumps off sides. So now instead of fourth and seven. And I feel bad for Mike. I feel like if I mention one more thing, he's going to like jump out the window. I remember it, Al. I know you do. I know you do. That's why you turned your chair around. I know. But then it becomes fourth and two. And then, of course, they convert it. All you have to do is just sit and wait. And then they're probably going to punt. Definitely going to punt. It's those three moments. And another moment, too, that I'm just I'm thinking about it now was the Mac Jones first interception. Like you think about it. It was tipped at the line of scrimmage. Harry, Nikhil Harry, by the way, can the three of us agree that we're going to send him on a rocket ship to the moon? Yeah, we, we got to address Nikhil Harry while we're all fired up right now. He, he's bad. That I hate him. I hate him. That was the most minimal effort play I've ever seen. He's running his route, and then the ball's coming. He's like, eh. Like, eh. Oh, you guys want to know? You guys want to know what percentage of offensive snaps he played yesterday? I would guess. Oh, I saw it. It was high, right? Wasn't it 95%. Oh my God. Of offensive snaps from Nikhil Harry. Should have chalked it in right there. If somebody had told, like, if, before the game starts, if somebody from the future goes, Nikhil Harry's playing 95% of the snaps, I'm going to look at that time traveler and go, we fucking lose. 
and go, we lose, we lose. That's the thing. Uh, no, I saw that play too. Cause when it happened, like you see it tip and you see him put his head down and then obviously gets picked off. I remember I looked to, I, cause I was watching the game. Uh, it was, it was day after Christmas. So I was watching it with family. Uh, I was watching it with my father-in-law and I was like, I was like, what the hell? Nikhil Harry. He was like, oh, that one's on Matt. Like it was tip, but yeah, this not, I was like, no, I was like, yeah, but watch the play. So they showed the replay. And as it happened, he was, he goes, he was like, uh, oh yeah, it gets tipped and the ball goes like 30 feet in the air, straight on up, straight All on up. All three of us could have caught it. That's how, oh, that's how soft it was. I could have, I could have ran from Kraft's box. I don't know why I'd be up there. Probably tell him to change the defense or something, run all the way onto the field, probably like high five the cheerleaders. And I still could have knocked the ball down. I don't know what he was looking at the ball. I've never seen a player with less football awareness than Nikhil Harry. There, it just, like there's just out. not blocking. Now I'm not talking about his, his blocking elite blocking. He is tremendous. I mean, I mean, we saw in one of Damian Harris's touchdowns, great blocking, but that play he could have easily, how many times do you see a receiver, you know, tip the ball. And then all of a sudden he's just looking for it. Even if he doesn't like catch it in the air or see where it is, at least he's looking for it. That is the equivalent of like, of like a batter hitting a pop fly in the catcher, just keeping his head down and not looking up for it. Or like some stupid, like, what are we doing? Look up, bat the ball. Another thing where it's just it's self-inflicted wounds, missed opportunities. The Patriots are doing this to themselves. Do you, do you want me to, do you want me to piss you guys off even more? Hold on. Hold on. Don't even get me started on that third. Uh, it was, I don't think it was third down. It was in the second quarter. Anyway, comeback route, Nikhil Harry, little uh, too bad right here. Just bubbles it right to the ground. And then oh, just- wait a minute. No, wait a minute. By the way, by the way, two things. One, remember when Nikhil Harry requested a trade before yeah. the season started? Greatest day of my life. I thought he was gone. Was like, I did too. Second of all, we forget. I don't think we forget, but we're forgetting it now because we're so fired up on energy. But you think of that second thing, right? What was the play right before the interception? A throw to Nikhil Harry that he dropped. He was right in his arms. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking of. So that's the yeah. one. I forgot that was the play. It was right before. And it would have yeah, been a first down. That. They would have kept moving the ball. That's cool. I'm sorry, Liam, what were you saying? Sorry. Well, that, but I was just like, so I did remember that correctly where he had that terrible drop. And then the second one was the pick where he literally just kind of does the Queens wave. He's like, how did that <laughs> Terrible. It's embarrassing. It's like, that's our, that's who we have to start at wide receiver. I get it. We're down bad, but where's the old Patriot way where it's like next man up where they would sign Austin Colley, who's like a 10 year veteran with 18 concussions. He comes in and catches two key first downs for us. Instead, we got jackass Nikhil Harry who's staring at the ball after he dropped it. Like, Oh, I totally was supposed to catch that. It's like, yes, you fucking doofus. No block catch the ball. I don't know. You know yeah, what? So, so what I was thinking, uh, Al, you did, let me just take a quick pause guys. Al, you did mention um, that we are, we are kind of energized. We do have a little bit of, uh, you know, energy in us right now. You know what Nikhil yeah. Harry probably could have used, probably uh, could have used some shocked energy, probably could have used shocked energy. Now, I don't know if you have been listening to this podcast, people out there listening right now, which is weird. Cause we're talking, they're going to, they're like listening in the future. It's very weird. Someone, someone needs to send Nikhil Harry all the shocked energy. Go, go to shockedenergy.com. It's simple. CGSN at checkout, ten percent off. You get, get as much as you want. Tell your friends. Send it to them. Send them. Uh, I know Liam and I talk about the watermelon flavored box all the time. Yep. That's kind of watermelon. I'm a watermelon guy that's, too. Let's go. That's the one because you know normally watermelon things they don't taste good because you can't really like. You can't really get the flavor of watermelon if we're being honest. Other than the sour patch kids, you can't really get them. But they. 
they they seem to get it and it doesn't taste it doesn't taste like artificial or anything it, it really does kind of taste like you're tasting like a watermelon in drink form um again someone go to shockedenergy.com shockedenergy.com cgsn at checkout 10 percent off you need to do that because not only do we need to be energized for this Jags game, we need to send it to Nikhil Harry because he needs to be energized for the Jags game as well. Um, you know, again, I don't, maybe, maybe it'll shock him into life because I don't know what's going on with him. Um, yeah. The drop play though, by the way, I completely forgot that the drop was right before the pick, which was a cool little uh, thing. You just reminded me of. I liked that personally. Thank you. Um, that's cool. But yeah, I don't, <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what goes through his head. He should have batted it down, and then who knows what happens? The the drive goes on. I don't know. He Nikhil Harry probably drops another one. Who knows? But just I, I don't know. That was that was a that that wasn't um, that wasn't what we wanted out of that. I would say that that's kind of what contributed to the Pats being one for ten on third down. By the way, which was another cool stat I saw. He's a discreet Cam Newton's old number. <sighs> Cam Newton. Um, oh yeah. Hey, by the way, real quick, Liam, um, let me ask you something. Do you think in, Oh God, I feel like, I feel like we're going to argue. Do you think Cam Newton wins you that game yesterday? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. You saw how close he was. <clears throat> okay. The second Cam Newton is so bad. He's so bad. He, so Brian Hoyer would be better than him. I'm not yeah. holding back anymore. They can't stop the run game. With Cam Newton, the run game is infinitely expanded. <clears throat> Deadly. Quarterback runs, read options, pitch options. The playbook's wide open. Mac, Bill's playing with like a Maserati. Like he's got a he's got a nice car. But if if you got Cam in the playbook, you know, you play with a Rolls Royce. I mean, you're playing with a you know, something with a little tor- torque to it. So I think. Just because the Bills are so weak at running the ball with Cam Newton, you could have – Damian Harris would have had the same production and Cam would have added another 50 yards and another tub. And it very well could have been a different game. We dictate the pace. No. Yeah, Al, you can, you can take this. I've tried to fight this man for the last, like, three weeks. I don't know what he – I don't know – I don't know what Cam Newton has on him. It must be some sort of a blackmailing situation. Oh, um, there's no doubt. My life's an open book. So, Liam, let me ask you a question. You really think – now, the one thing that I can agree with you about Cam Newton is this. He gives you the element of running as a quarterback. I agree with that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Great. Literally the best running quarterback in – like, for running plays. Like, obviously, like, Lamar Jackson's the best scrambling, make crazy plays. But mm-hmm. Cam Newton, if you do a designed run in the red zone, he's scoring more times than Lamar Jackson. Great. But let me ask you this. Let's say you have a third and seven, third and eight, third and nine. Who would you rather have throwing the ball, Cam Newton or Mac Jones? Throwing the ball. Okay, yes, Max. Max thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. pocket pass. Thank you. You just proved my whole point. No, 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 no. You just proved my whole point, and here's why. A small vacuum. That's... No, but here's the thing. You need to be able to make throwing plays in the NFL as a QB. And, and... Ask Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, great quarterback. Great scrambling quarterback. Can he make the throws when he needs to? I don't know. Patrick Mahomes, he is he has it both. He can he's mobile out of the pocket and he can make those throws. Josh Allen, same way. Cam could make Cam it. Newton cannot do that anymore. That's what I'm trying to get through. 
And it's not a, it's not a, a, a hate. I like Cam Newton as a guy. He's a really good guy. I think everybody does. He's a, he's, he's, he's like very likable. He's like he the best hard. teammate. Yeah. He works hard. He does what he needs to do. He bit the bullet for us in 2020. It took us to seven and nine as opposed to being like three and 13. Yeah. But here's the thing. What, look what's happening in Carolina right now with him. And I, and I know we're a pa- this is a Patriots podcast, but we're just going to say quarterbacks. If you play two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Why do you think he's playing two? Why do you think that what's it? Matt rule, right? Sam Darnold, the bag. Why do you think he's playing two quarterbacks? If Kim's the answer, he'd be playing him. No problem. No, Cause they have to commit to Sam Darnold. They traded for him and gave him money. Yeah. Well, guess what? They can say to him, Hey, guess what? We're not going to win anything this year. We'll get you ready for 2022. Just toss up all that dead money. Teams don't do that. If you have a lot of money tied into a guy, you're kind of fucking stuck with him and you kind of have to play him, especially as a tryout to get him to another team. What if he only played Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold balled out and then, then you should cut, him. then you should cut, then you should cut Cam. No, but you have PJ Walker as your backup. If Cam was so bad, they would have just fucking cut him. What a cut Cam. <laughs> they would have, but he's not bad. He's that entire offense. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he's not as good as what he once was. Okay. I mean, He's, he's not what I'll he once was. Bad. He can't throw the ball anymore. He can still run. You can use him, like Liam said, you can use him in those red zone situations where you can call an option and he can run to the outside. That's But that's the only time you can really use him. Like I said, if you have a third and medium or third and long and you need him to throw the ball, I would rather trust any other quarterback right now than Cam Newton. He's got a- I would rather Baker Mayfield. Than, than Cam Newton in that specific situation. Last year against the Seahawks, Cam Newton throws for 400 yards, a couple really nice deep passes. What is that just disappear? Is that just gone? Apparently, because I haven't seen it this year. Because he's not put in the right situation. Look at these clowns that he's playing with. Brian Burns is on that team. They're apparently not hiring good. Oh, players. no, 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 no. Don't mention Brian Burns because Sully's going to go off for 20 minutes about he him. He has we COVID. Like- Poor gentleman has COVID. I don't know. I don't know. COVID must have entered him through the ankle. I bet Matt gave it to him. Matt gave it to him when he twisted the ankle. Sully. Sully. That's what it was. was. I heard you can transmit COVID through ankles now. It's crazy. (laughs) No, no, no. I I did see that earlier today, and I saw it, and I was like, and I I bet people are going to expect me to be like, oh, yeah. No, no, I don't wish. I mean, as as a two-time COVID survivor, I don't don't wish COVID on anybody, but, you know. Right now, I wish it on Brian Burns. He went to Florida State. But I mean, you know, Brian Burns, by the way, we are the most anti-Brian Burns podcast. you can hey, hey, Mike, so. just remember one thing as you're going forward. Liam McDay had literally admitted that on third and seven, third and eight, third and nine, he'd rather have Mac Jones and Cam Newton. Just remember that. That's no. an edited oh, clip. I know. Put in. I know. I think I think for a pocket passer. Yes, he, he's obviously that's his style. That's his motif. That's what he's going to do as a quarterback. I think Cam wins this game. He doesn't. He well, doesn't I know. think that the COVID has messed with your brain, so I don't even want to give that. I, I don't want to give that opinion. That's not a real thing. I am thinking quite clearly right now. No, you're not. I don't. I don't want to give that opinion any more time. Um, I again, I'm waiting for the day that you do come to your senses and you and you you know see see the bright side because you're on the dark side right now. I get it. Dark side's tempting. A lot of power, really cool, but you got to come to the light side because. Because it is, I don't know what Cam is doing. Whatever Cam Newton has on Matt Rule, he has on you too. Because there's no reason he should be a starting quarterback. There's no reason you should think the way you do. But your team and destroy us, the But um, so since since we are talking about COVID, do you guys see who on the Patriots got COVID right before we started this podcast? Yes, yes. But there's a huge but there. Yeah, 
Yep. Say the names and then I'll say the butt. Go ahead. It is uh, Matt Judon, who has zero sacks, zero anything, zero QB hits. He has two pressures the last two games. And Jawan Bentley, who was non-existent last game. Again, I'm only saying that because I'm pissed off at them. Not saying that they're not good players, but those are the two players. So with the CDC, the CDC came out with... Sorry, excuse me. I had to <clears throat> get something out of my throat real quick. But anyways, CDC, they came out and said that new vaccination... Or sorry, new um, quarantine. If you're positive, you only have to do five days. That's it. And if you're a close contact, you just have to wear the mask around. So that means that Bentley and Judon could be playing on Sunday still. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually why I told Liam, because Liam and I were having a separate conversation. And then I told him when we were texting before the podcast, I was like, oh, hey, buddy, by the way, these two have COVID. So, you know, we kind of got sad for a second. But I guess in the NFL, they've changed their rules, too. And I forget exactly what it is. But if you are vaccinated in your ASIM, it was the same. It was the same uh, thing that made it so Kendrick Bourne could play. If you are vaccinated and you are asymptomatic, you can come back um, in like a day or two. So as long as you have, you know, the, the negative tests. So, and I'm pretty sure that Bentley and Judon are both vaccinated. So um, I don't know if they're asymptomatic or not. We don't know for sure, but either way, I'm pretty sure they should be back. Um, but, you know, again, even, even if they aren't worst case scenario, if they aren't, you're still playing the Jaguars who just put 11 players on the COVID list today. So uh, like, I don't know, but yeah, it's still alarming. But yeah, I did want to bring that up too. Um, you guys worried about Judon? Like I said, he has one pressure in the uh, in each of the last two games. Any anybody worried, or is this just kind of a kind of a, you know microcosm of how the entire team's playing? I don't even think it's a microcosm of the team. Like that's just part of the position. Like we saw Chandler Jones have four sacks in the first game of this year. He's been pretty stagnant since. But yep. Pass rushers and stuff like that, high mountains, low valleys. You can't be consistent every week unless you're literally a historic Hall of Fame first ballot player, which, hey, love Judon, love him to the moon. I don't think he's that guy yet. He very well could be if he gets a couple more great seasons in him. Like he's off to a killer start with the Patriots right now. I don't think he's a Michael Strahan type guy. He's not one of the, a Derek Thomas, a historic pass rusher. So I don't expect dominating performances each week. He's still getting in there and having an impact. Teams still have to game plan for him. I'm not extremely worried about it. Obviously I'd like to see him ball out, but I, I think if he plays first Jacksonville guaranteed sack. Yeah. 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 Especially cause I think the, the Jags put, I think two of their starting linemen, I believe on the COVID list, I'll have to check, but they have a few linemen. So I know I'm, I'm guaranteed at least two of them are probably starters. Trash. He'll go right through that like yeah. toilet paper, like somebody yeah. running through the finish line, just swing right through. Give me that. Put yeah. touchdown Jesus in the ground. Yeah. It'll, no. Hopefully, it'll be a route. I mean, Matthew Judon. He'll get it. He'll get a sack. He'll get a couple more. Um, <clears throat> couple more. What was it you said? Not um, pass breakups. Why? Why can't I think of it? My brain's more. Couple more now. pressures. Couple more Thank pressures. You. Couple more sacks. Couple more Thank things. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Couple more pressures. So, you know what? I'm not too worried about Matt Judon. I mean, he, he's not going to get a sack every game. He's not going to be electric every game. He's going to have his duds of games. I mean, that's just the mm -hmm. NFL. And I think it is, you know, Patriots are just playing bad, and he's just one of the parts that's not doing his part. And he's done it all year, so I'm, I'm not worried about him. Too. He had a couple games where he didn't have sacks. He'd have a yeah. you know, pressure, you know, a, Q, a few QB hurries. But, like, he was more consistent with sacks, obviously. It's just because we're losing, we have more attention on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's, I just wanted to ask, I saw that and it was not alarming, but I was kind of shocked. Cause I was like, I thought he'd been, he was, he's kind of been around the QB more, but I guess that maybe they just didn't credit it to him, whatever. Kind of like one of those things where JC Jackson was only credited with one pass breakup in that game, but he had his hands on like three or four passes. So I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't know. But um, so we've, we've gone long enough. Um, I think that, and I don't know if you guys are, are with me on this. I feel like you will be. I feel like referees, they should have like a, they should have like a strike system. So where, you know, after the game, they have their tape reviewed and everything. If you get three strikes, you should no longer be able to officiate anymore for the rest of the, for the rest of the league, you know, kind of like a personal foul penalty there. So I said all my mean things about the refs as I was watching the game. Um, Which missed call would you gentlemen like to start with? Because, or what bullshit call would you guys like to start with? Because there are a lot of them. I mean, I mean, the obvious one. Let, let's talk about the Mac Jones out of bounds play. That's, 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 that's exactly me. Yeah. And Al, my shot to the same place. I'll take the floor on this one. Yeah. So <laughs> that play, by the way, guys, that play was actually a 30 yard swing because this, this yep. is why, because that whole play happened. So Mac Jones, just, if anybody forgets, maybe because like you, you got blackout and you just didn't want to remember it. Mac Jones scrambles. It, it was almost for a first down. It was like right around there, I believe, or something like that, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Runs out of bounds. Jerry Hughes grabs him by his nameplate and pulls him down. Let's not, I'm not going to say he dragged him down because he would have had to go down with him. He grabs him and pulls him down. You see people saying that, oh, you know, Hughes was trying to get his balance. Hughes was trying to prevent Mac Jones from falling. Well, hey, dumbass, he wouldn't have fell if you didn't grab him. Um, and, and if you look, Mac's leg, his left leg gets kind of curled up underneath him so much so that he had to actually take off his knee brace right after that happened and run back in because it got so mangled because of the BS that Jerry Hughes did. Um, referees called the flag. They threw the flag, all that fun stuff there. They're over there huddling. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good. We get an extra 15 yards on top of that. So that's awesome. You know, good stuff there. They pick up the flag. They pick up the flag. What does Trent Brown do? He's for some reason jumping around, you know, talking shit to the bills or whatever. He gets called for an unsportsmanlike 15 yard penalty getting pulled back. So instead of a 15-yard penalty for the Patriots, they get backed up 15 yards. I thought that was I thought that was Andrews. I thought that was David Andrews going up into his teammate's face. That was a whole nother play, Al. That was when okay. Mac Jones okay. ran for a first down, slid, had a Bills defender dive at him. Was, David oh, Andrews. that's right. Okay, oh, yeah, okay, friend. Okay, oh, yeah. Okay. See, I was talking about this, too, on the way okay. home after the game. Uh, I wasn't at the game, just where I was watching it. And, okay. and I was talking. I was like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. I forgot. There were two missed calls on Mac. Yeah, because I had the same thing. I thought the same thing. But yeah, they called that on David Andrews as well. It's just one of those things. So yeah, what do you, um, do you guys think that the flag should have been picked up on the pseudo horse collar that you saw out of bounds? So Liam, you said I could take the floor because I do have a lot to say on this play. By all means, my skin's crawling. (laughs) So I do think the Jerry Hughes-Mac Jones play, I think it was a play where if you take a look at it, from the look of it, it looks like, and I'm not saying that Hughes was holding up Mac Jones, but there was no point where I thought he was like trying to like hurt him or anything like that. And I think Mac slipped a little bit. Now, with that being said, why is Jerry Hughes' hands on him out of bounds exactly. in the first place? That's where I have the gripe. And then not only that, Trent Brown, like Trent Brown, you know, he's had a he's had a tough year in New England. He missed like a, a lot of time at the beginning of the year. I think he missed the first like five, six games because of like a 
a calf injury or something like that, calf strain, whatever. But like, that's a, that's something where he's like five yards away. He's, he's just moving around. Like, why are we really calling a penalty? And then to, to build off the other one, because this is the one I want to talk about too. Like Mac Jones, he rushes for a first down. They hit, they hit Mac Jones. And then David Andrews does what any knowledgeable, sensible offensive lineman does mm-hmm. gets in the face of the defense and he gets flagged. He gets flagged for taunting. And those are offsetting penalties. Like what, what is the NFL officiating doing? That's where I was like, you know, I was just baffled, but to go back to it, the flag should not have been picked up. It should have been a 15 yard penalty should have been Patriots ball in the Buffalo 38 in the drive Excuse me. And the drive continues. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. And, and you mentioned intent, which like, yeah, sure. Like I know that obviously Hughes probably didn't mean to like, you know, pull him down. Like I'm sure he meant to obviously put his hands on him, you know, just kind of, you know, let him know you're there and all that stuff. But the, my, my issue with it is that this is the same league that has a tripping penalty, which how many times is a tripping flag called when the lineman or whoever didn't mean to do it? Or how about a face mask where you see the player grabs and then immediately releases because he didn't mean, or, you know, the intent wasn't to hurt him and all that stuff, but they still call it. There's so many plays that, you know, hit, hit to the helmet. That's one of the big ones this year. Like the intent obviously isn't to do that. Just the other player goes so low. So I, I, I get what you're saying. And I agree. Yeah. Jerry Hughes definitely wasn't trying to, you know, his intent wasn't to hurt Mac or anything like that. No, but yeah, yeah, no, you know, it wasn't, you know, his intent wasn't like Mac Jones when he grabbed Brian Burns, you know, that was intent to hurt. Um, break his ankle. Clearly, you know, he, he alligator rolled him too, like they do in the UFC. Um, but no, I think, but intent to me, that shouldn't go into how you call a flag because if that's what it is, the refs are taking way too much power into their own hands, which they already are. But if you're going to start calling intent and everything like that, how about when a defensive lineman lands on a quarterback the wrong way and you think it's roughing the passer, but there, the, the intent wasn't to rut or hurt him or anything. It was just to tackle him. It's, it's just one of those things where it definitely shouldn't have been picked up. Yeah. yeah. I, I watch a, a lot of uh, recently. I mean, <clears throat> very deep into the rabbit hole because I am a ferocious gambling addict and I try and get any step on the, any game that I can possible. So I've been looking at Tim Donaghy's book. He's the old NBA ref and he coached a bunch of suspect games and ended up going to jail for fixing games and betting on games that he was Mm -hmm. refing stuff like that. And he talked about the way it works in the NBA. And he talked about how he has a few friends that are refs in the NHL and the NFL. And he says, it's mostly, it's a little different in the, those leagues, but it's kind of the same process. So I, I go off what he says and kind of loosely base it on other sports. And I think it just all depends on like what the officials want, who they want to win, what, flat or what videos are sent to the officials before games because refs are sat down and they're graded on the games they did before or the weeks before and they say all right last week you were refing and you missed this call this call and this call and then they'll send a separate video and they'll go all right next time you're refing the patriots bills game so when this comes around we need you to call it this way this way and this way and sometimes those aren't correct calls those aren't you know, normally how you would call the game, but they're like, you miss these. So you need to put a hard emphasis on them this time around. So I'd have to look and see what the last game that these refs had, that maybe there was a similar situation. The league was kind of pushing it, 
or maybe the they wanted the Patriots to lose in some sense, maybe for money reasons. I don't know. Buffalo's not a big market, so that's why it kind of confuses me. The Patriots are a bigger market than Buffalo would be because they have mm-hmm. Boston and a bunch of other cities in it. But it just all depends. Like, it's all – with the refs, it's kind of a fixed game, a mixed bag, and it's all really suspect down the board. So it's like there seem to be a lot of really suspect calls in this game that clearly swung in favor of Buffalo for whatever reason. I think that was just the higher-ups sending it down. And, unfortunately, the refs get the shit for it. And yes, they carry through. They're the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, basically. They're <laughs> doing a bad thing, but they're sent by other bad people, and they're just kind of the messengers. Kind of, They're the patsies. That's all they are. Yeah. And so I hate them for carrying it out, but unfortunately it's a league wide issue. And that's just the way these things are going to go. It's dirty and it's suspect. And uh, Ian Eagle, one of my favorite announcers was calling the Pats game. I loved it. Every time he is announcing a game, I have to watch because I love this dude and love listening to his commentary. And he talked about with the Mac Jones, Jerry Hughes, play. he goes, just, even if you touched him out of bounds, you did it. That's a call. Like you just, it's it whether he was trying to help him up or put him down it's the principle you know mac jones is going out of bounds he's not mike vick he's not lamar jackson he's not cutting back and going upfield for another 30 yards mac jones is running out of bounds by the way the fastest i've ever seen mac run he's got athleticism that was sick. mike vick he's mike vick yeah basically but it's just like it's it's the rule that's what you do and of course something in the higher-ups had to have been like don't don't do this. We need Buffalo to win. I don't want to be that guy that's pulling out conspiracies here, but that was clearly suspect. And then David Andrews too. They are the bodyguards. They are the protectors. They are defending Mac. If they all go to a club, Mac's like their little brother outside. I'm sure Mac treats the offensive lineman to many meals and many stuff after great games. They all kind of have this great partnership there. So if he gets bodied on the field, they're going to be the first ones to go up and start a problem. I thought Mac was hurt. He was just going after the fumble, even though it wasn't actually a fumble. He just dropped the ball. He thought he fumbled, hopped on it. He was down on the ground for a while. I thought he was hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm just a yeah. If yeah. I'm on the field and I'm the offensive lineman, I think they hurt my quarterback. I'm coming to rip your head off. So yeah, he, he did buy them a uh, Bitcoin for Christmas. Did you guys hear yeah, that? I saw that. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah I saw offensive that. lineman uh, Bitcoin. What a gift. <laughs> you know, you know what's funny about what you said, Liam. To really quick. Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak, who do 98.5 Sports Hubs, uh, the calls for the Patriots games. Yeah. They they were even saying, like, who's this officiating crew? Yeah. Like, that's, like when you have the, the play-by-play and the color commentator saying that, especially the, call, the color commentator being someone that was in the NFL for a period of time, oh. you know something's up. Oh, 100%. It, it, stuff like that, we feel powerless as fans. It really is a disservice to the game because we're watching it and we're like, I know that call. I've watched football so-and-so years. I know how this is going to go. This is a flag. And then they don't do it. And you're like, there's no consistency. What are these rules that they're following? If that's not a penalty, then, you know, if Josh Allen runs out of bounds, I want to see somebody body Josh Allen skull fuck this dude out of bounds. And I want to see if that's a flag now, because there's just no consistency to these rules. Now it's infuriating to watch. Uh, first of all, that is my phrase. I actually told you that in game. I think I said that. I think I said, I said, Hey, if, if, if they're not going to call this, there's going to be chaos. And that's literally what happened after they didn't call that hit um, out of bounds to Mac Jones. It was it from then on. 
it was chaos the whole game. You know, chippy after, before plays, during plays, all that fun stuff. It just, it was, it was. People get pissed off. I'm sure the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. No, they weren't happy. And then it was in. So, so yeah, there were those two calls. There was also on the fourth down run that, um, that Josh Allen had that he kind of, you know, juked out, you know, Jamie Collins and everything there. You could see Jamie Collins was held on the side of the line. Now, again, they don't need to call holding on every play, whatever, but when it like, it's kind of a double-edged sword when it's a play that big, you don't want to call, you know, a ticky tack holding call. Not that that was a ticky tack holding call, but when the hold directly impacts the quarterback running for a first down that almost seals the game, it's just one of those things. And this isn't sour grapes because trust me, the Patriots did plenty to lose this game. It's just, it is tough to mount a comeback when you have the game not being officiated the right way. That's the thing. And, and I'm not going to say when you're fighting the other team and the refs, cause that makes it, you know, like typical Patriots fan, like complaining about the refs, but it's honestly, it, it's tough to mount a big comeback when you're also, it seems like you're fighting the refs. Yeah. Like, and, like you know, Hey, if that was like four game, like Josh Allen, like the bills are, you know, up like a top or like three points. And he's just trying to get that first down and seal the win. Then I get it. Let him play football. Let the game go on. But hell, the Patriots still needed to drive, still need to put some board points on the board. There was a lot of football to be played. A lot of football. If Josh Allen mm-hmm. didn't get that first down. So I think like, why wouldn't they call that? Why wouldn't they want an exciting game, more viewership, more money, more people paying attention. And that's why I'm like, there must've been something from those higher ups that they wanted Buffalo to win. There's something sus about that. If it's four game, if it's the last play, like the first Patriots bills game on that last play, what was the penalty that we talked about? I forget what it was. There was a a penalty of some sort that we were like, they could have called it, but this was basically for game. You got to let them play. Oh, it was the offensive lineman downfield. Yes. So yes. So like, it, but that was four yeah. game in the waning seconds of a game. You don't call that. I get it. Let them play football. Let them decide it on their own. In this circumstance, there's a lot of game to be played. Make it exciting. Call the mm-hmm. right ball. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same. Now, I don't know if it's so much. I, I think it's part of it is probably, you know, like I'm sure like it happened in the NBA. I'm sure that, that, you know, the ref, like things do come down from the NFL, like, Hey, watch this for this game, this for this game, like whatever. I'm sure it happens sometimes, whatever. But I also think it's just the ineptitude of these damn refs. Like, I think this is what happens when you don't have full-time refs. Like a lot of these refs have day jobs. So like, they're not like, they're, they're like, this isn't their number one job. So it's, Mm -hmm. why are all the refs so old, by the way? What is, why can't we get like, like, yeah, I know it's like a nitpick, but like, why can't we get like, it's just weird. We have like these old people who are like out of touch. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but it's just, it's, I don't know either. it's frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. Uh, and then obviously Al, you already brought up the, the bar more, um, you know, offsides thing. It just, it, there's just, there's so much that the Patriots could have done that could have helped them win this game. You know, JC Jackson picking that off. Th- th- there were seven minutes left in the game. Who knows what happens after that? But um yeah, I don't um, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. I think this was a pretty much a full systems failure from offense, defense and coaching. Like I said, the one the one takeaway I'm taking from this game and I'll ask you guys what it is for you guys too. the one really takeaway, really like actually thing I'm worried about. The Patriots need to make in-game adjustments more because they don't seem to be doing that anymore. And I don't know why. And 
all the other issues can be corrected. The dumb penalties, the, the, the getting on the same wavelength with the receiver, putting Nikhil Harry on the bench. All these things can be, can be fixed. You need to make adjustments. I don't know what's going on. So that, that's my one takeaway from it. I don't know if you guys have different ones or the same ones, but that's my takeaway from this game. Need to make adjustments. I think they have been making adjustments. I don't think there's a huge push on it. Like it looked bad against the Colts game. It looked bad in this game. We've seen it mm-hmm. in other games. Mike, we've talked about it plenty of times on the show. I don't know if that's the problem. I think they just got taken advantage of in these last two games. And, you know, we pointed out they had a lot of chances to win this game. And most of the time they shot themselves in the foot. I just think it was two poor performances by the Patriots. I don't think it was a defensive adjustment problem. My whole thing is this. I'm hoping that this defense isn't giving off similar vibes to the 2019 Patriots defense. I don't think it's that way. I think not yet. Yeah. Not yet. I think they're, I think they're not there yet, but if they have another bad performance against the Jaguars, which they shouldn't, but if they do, it's going to start to feel like 2019 a little bit more. And I'm not trying to be a 98, five, 2019, all the years kind of blend together. 2019. They started off like eight. No, they lost to the dolphins. They finished up, I think four, four and four. And then they lost. That was when they lost to Tennessee and then Brady left. Yeah, when Fitzmagic had that crazy... Oh, I was at that game. It was brutal. That's terribly depressing. Yeah, it it wasn't fun. I was with my girlfriend, and we... She had fun, and I I did have fun, but at the end, I was like, yeah, they, they just blew it. It was, yeah, it was, it was kind of it. And I don't, and like you said, I don't think they're there yet. I think this is just, it's just a bad skid at a bad time. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I think next week. um, Oh yeah. By the way, uh, Liam, I know we do. We're not going to pick an MVP for this game because um, I think it's either Damian Harris or Jakob Johnson. Um, I think next week is I've used this phrase a little bit. I think that this is going to be your get right game. I think this is going to be where things kind of look a little bit better. You know, maybe they look a little bit better than they should because of your opponent. Patriots playing the Jags next weekend. Um, not going to be that much time talking about this because I think this is going to be, it's the last home game. I think this is going to be a pounding. I think this is going to be a, uh, a route. Um, I think Mac Jones looks better. I think the offensive line looks better. I think uh, assuming Aguilar is back, I'm assuming the receivers look better. Um, I think, like you said, Judon gets sacks. I think this is going to be a big one. I think this is going to be, I don't know, we'll go 23 to nine. I think it's going to be something like that. Al, you want to give yours? 34-10, Pats. See, that's one of the with me. But I'm going to go bolder. I was going to put something like that, which was a fairly conservative uh, take in my opinion, but I'm going to go bigger since, since Al matched me there. 42-3. I think it's a kick in. I think, Ooh, Trevor, wow. I think Trevor Lawrence is ass. Like, I think he's really bad. So I think the Patriots just go in there and smash on him. Or actually, no, it's in New England. So even more. In Foxborough, baby. Even more convincing. Jacksonville's coming up here to the frigid weather. They're going to be tough shape. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is also a rookie. Uh, we got to remember Belichick is like, I forget his record, but it's insane against rookies. Um, now, other than the Jags game, and I think, I, I know we're kind of looking over this Jags game. And I don't want people to think that we are, but we are because I don't think, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a close one. Matthew Slater came out today and he said, uh, you know, we got to kind of, you know, we got two paths. We can either, you know, let this affect us or we can put our feet down and fight. I think they're going to fight and beat the ever living shit out of the Jaguars. Um, macro, big picture. Kind of before we get out of here, what are your guys's 
a kind of just outlook on the on the season kind of moving forward what do you guys expect you know have your expectations changed you know kind of just a just a quick little uh summarization of what you feel right now which i'm sure isn't great but just you know let me know season as a whole i'll give it one word promising it's promising toward the future yep. you're you're ahead of schedule I mean, like, like I said, you know, it was going to be a 10 and seven, 11 and 16. We got spoiled by that seven game win streak, but you know what, as long as the nine and a half over hits, which it should this week with Jacksonville, thank goodness for that air high five, Liam. Very well executed by the way. And you know, it's a situation where next year you're going to have John Smith, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar in the system for a year two. They're going to be better. They're going to know the playbook better. And I think they're going to add another wide receiver I would love a guy like Allen Robinson, free agency. I'm just saying, you know, a number one receiver. That's the and, rumor. Yeah, that's the and, rumor. Yeah. And I think they should get younger on defense. I was looking today, a couple of different Patriots sources said it, get a middle linebacker could help, you know, just get younger and faster on defense. Got a problem with Hightower? I love Hightower, but he's probably going to be gone in a year or two. So you want to have that foundation probably going to be gone. Yeah. Van Noy yeah, will be gone like after that. next year. And I love Kyle Van Noy. Love. There's nothing not to love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Cause I think that they uh, built, he's already started the getting younger process on defense. I think you gotta, that's, that's kind of where he's going to build his next dynasty is on defense. I think mm-hmm. offense, I, you really only need to add one piece or something on offense. I think, cause they're just going to kind of grow and be fine. Um, Liam kind of everything going on. How do you feel about it? How do you feel? What, what do you think is going to happen? You know, what do you think's going on? I mean, are you still, uh, cause I know I'm, I don't know if I am anymore, but are you still, you know, we're going to the super bowl. What's going on. How do you feel? It would be so unbecoming to just jump off the train now and say, oh, I was wrong. We're not going to the Super Bowl. So we're going to the fucking Super Bowl. I think we there are. There we go. I love it. I love it. I mean, I like, love it. Yes. This has been a two game rough patch for sure. I think, like Al said, we're a year ahead of schedule. No one was expecting this. So if this was like middle of the season, like then I kind of chalk this up and I'm like, all right, we're a year ahead of schedule. We'll see what happens. But no, we're, we're at the end here. Like we we're you know, damn good team. And there are so many problems with so many other teams and me and Mike talk about it every week. The Ravens have everyone hurt. The chiefs look suspect most weeks, all the chargers. I'm not worried about them. So we look at the other teams and there's no one that particularly worries about me now, Brady and the bucks, all their players are gone. Yep. That was supposed to be a team that would meet us in the Super Bowl. So it's like, it seems like it's wide open for every team in the league. I'm not ready to jump off the bandwagon yet because the playoffs are a completely different season. Everything starts over from scratch. There's no one I trust more come playoff time than Billy B in that defense. No one has been there as many times as Bill. No one loves the playoffs as much as Bill. And he will never show you that through his emotionless, grim face, but he loves that playoff atmosphere. And hell, no rookie quarterback has ever been to the Super Bowl. There's also no team that's ever won the Super Bowl in overtime, except for the Patriots when they did it, the Falcons. I think if there's a first time for anything, it is with the New England Patriots. If there was ever a time for a rookie quarterback to go to the Super Bowl, hell, maybe not win. I think we're going to the Super Bowl. If we go there, then I'm probably going to say we're going to win. But hell, I think there's a strong chance we still get there. I'm not worried about any of these other guys. They say Derek Henry might be coming back for the playoffs. Bring it on, King Henry. Bring that lumpy ass foot out here and let's see what you can do because I am, I'm not 
Liam, you looked a little stressed when you said that. If you're stressed, go to exogun.com. 10% off the code CGS10 and check out Exogun. You're damn right. See, I could take that on the trail too. Well, that's not the point. <laughs> I'm just not concerned with any of these other teams. Of course, throwing. I, I like, are you guys worried about any of these other teams? And that's my point. If you guys can find anyone, like the Chiefs are the main enemy. There are unvanquishable course, yeah. ally, but they look so suspect at times. I'm not worried. Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, um, so Liam, my issue is just when I think I'm out, you pulled me back in, baby. You put your little, your, oh my God, I want to spin, but the cord will get caught around, around my chair. Your little soliloquy, your little, little amazing rant there. What that did for me, I, I, the confidence built, it built down below the love below. It started to build up, 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 up. And now you see it. I am, you know what, Liam, what, do, what, this happens every year with these teams. I've been watching the man in the arena with the Tom Brady thing happens every year. He's like, oh yeah, we got crushed by the Steelers. This time we faced them in the playoffs. We bashed their heads into the ground. That was what, you know, that they played the Colts lost. They won Teddy Bruschi. Come in here. We're going to bully you. You want to change the rules? We'll beat you then too. You know what? I think this win solidifies that we're going to go far in the playoffs because Belichick is going to beat this team into the ground. Matthew Slater, David Andrews, Dante Hightower, you think Devin McCourty, you think that they're going to let this team just fall off like this? No, they are not. I'm going to spoil the answer for you. No, they're not. The Patriots right now, to answer your question, Liam, as well, I've answered it before. Only team I'm really worried about is the Chiefs, but Colts, I mean... I know you love Carson Wentz. I'm not really worried about them. Um, I know what they just did to us. I know it. Whatever. Anybody else? The Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, ha, Joe Burrow. Get out of here. Yeah, you dummy. Um, I don't even know who else. Miami? No, not worried about Miami. The Bills? No, I'm not worried about the Bills either. Because guess what? They had to, to, to beat the Patriots. They needed to have an almost perfect game. The Patriots need to have an all systems failure and the refs had to play, you know, Oh, you know, take taxis with the flags. So no, you know what? I am not as, not as confident, but I still, the, the train is still moving forward. I still think that this team is going to get to the AFC championship game and I will, I will dissect who they're playing then. If they're playing anybody, but the chiefs it's super bowl. Of course. And like it looks like right now, obviously, for where to end right now, I think we play the Bills in the playoffs. It's like round three. I trust Bill. Absolutely trust Bill. It's like go with the shorthand and the person who's done it many times. Last year, Saints sweep the box in the regular season. Come playoff time, Tom Brady comes in. He's been here many times. He's, he wasn't downtrodden that he got shot out by them one time and then, you know, lost both games, comes in there, whoops that ass, goes to the Super Bowl. I think the same thing for Bill. Done. I agree. I agree. And you know what? I don't even, we, we are going to end on a high note. Okay. I think that's what's going on. It's been a rough couple of weeks, Patriots fans. Fret not. This happens all the time with Patriots seasons. Every single season, they have bad losses, all this stuff. This next game is against the Jaguars. Go to sleep happy because this is going to be a relatively easy game. And then it comes down to Miami in Miami. But I mean, yeah, sure. It's been kind of, you know, the cave of wonders for them, but I think it's going to be fine. Um, So kind of moral of the story. This is a horrible loss. No excuses. But hey, this happens. Nine and six, second place in the AFC East. Probably still making the offs. We should be good to go, guys. Um, So for Liam McDade. 
for Big Al, our trusty leader down there, Coach Guy Sports. By the way, you guys know it's Coach Guy Sports by now, but Coach Guy Sports, go there, check it out. I write for them. Liam's all over there. Al is everywhere. I mean, if you just look anywhere, you're probably going to see Al's face, his Twitter handle, everybody. Um, CoachGuySports.com, check it out. I am Mike Sullivan. Um, other than that, I got nothing else, guys. Go Pats. Let's go. Go Pats. Sweet feet. Sweet feet.